Oh, I'll call the raffle. Okay, thanks. <laughs> oh, I'll get the ticket. They're not going to listen to a word I say now. Um, so um, first question was this. How does saying his family thought Jesus was crazy make the gospel more believable? Uh, great question. Sorry, I wasn't clear enough on that. I guess what I'm saying is in the immediate setting, his family thinking he was crazy would probably discredit him. Okay? But when I was talking about that, I was addressing these theories that have, have come about in the last 30 or so years that the Gospels were sort of written as mythological accounts to sort of create this glamorous figure to gather up people. Even some of the theories posit hundreds of years after the fact. Uh, one, we have manuscript evidence to show that the Gospels are way older than that, so those theories don't totally hold up. And then two, like if I'm writing a story, like if I'm trying to get you to come to Tribe Fellowship, I'm like, dude, Isaiah Thomas, awesome. Also, his mom tried to have him committed recently, but seriously, he's a good dude, you should come. Like, you're not going to come. Like, you're like, that's a cult, I don't want to be part of that. But they, but they, but the gospel writers can say, and, and not just Jesus, like, the other thing is, like, when the gospels were actually being written, who were the leaders of the church? The 12 apostles. How do the gospels pre- present the 12 apostles? Idiots. Like, morons, buffoons, unfaithful people who deny Jesus and run away. And, and are slow and don't get it. And he tells them, I'm going to die and be crucified and on the third day rise again. And then he's crucified and they're going, what? And then he's risen again and somebody tells them and they're like, wow, how? You know, give us the memo. Like he gave it to you like seven times. So that, they're not presented as glamorous star-studded figures. And if you look at cults, that's not what they do. The leader of the cult is unquestionable. The people, the inner circle around the cult leader are perfect. They're amazing. We tell these glorified stories. George Washington said, I can never tell a lie. And now we know that story's not true. Okay? So that, that, that's what I mean. Like, if you're trying to start a cult, this is a bad way to do it. Therefore, I think Mark is telling the truth about what actually happened. Because otherwise, there's not a good reason if he's a conspirator to include that. Does that make sense? Okay. Oh, gosh. Okay. How much time do I have? Okay. I'll, I'll be, try to be quick on this other one. Uh, how would Mark 3, 28 through 29, so the Holy Spirit one, uh, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, apply to someone like Paul slash Saul, if you know that story from Acts? Um, I would say that uh, he did not commit that sin. Initially, he rejected Jesus, and then when he encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus, he repented and, and went away. So, uh, Saul slash Paul teaches us what this verse doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that there's anyone too far or too bad to receive the grace of Jesus and be converted. That's not what it means. It means something else. It's a little, like, there's a lot of debate about what exactly it does mean. But at least it's a caution to us to run to Jesus, which Saul, Paul eventually did, though he had to be struck blind (laughs) to do it. Um, But, uh, it, Yeah. So, if you have more questions on that, or if you're afraid that you committed that sin, let's get coffee. Call me. Talk to me. Um, and, yeah. So, 